Hello, it's Charlotte's sister, C. Farrell, host of Powered by Age, Canada's longest-running senior-led podcast that invites you to do what you love. This podcast is for you if you love writing or telling stories, if you love sharing poetry or doing interviews. This podcast is for you if you love working on ways to create age-friendly cities. This podcast is for you if you love learning how to tame technology and get more out of virtual events, if you love finding more ways to share your heritage or traditions. If you love any of these things, you can go beyond listening and join our weekly podcast group. Simply email pbaafc at gmail.com and put your name in the subject line. Powered by Age is sponsored by the Government of Canada, New Horizons Grant, the 411 Senior Center Society, and G&F Financial Group. Good afternoon and welcome to Powered by Age, Canada's longest-running senior-led podcast. Uh, today, I'm Charlotte Farrell, the host, and we are going to be learning four new things. We're going to be having a presentation by Rosemary Collins from the 411 Center and letters that people might hear, INR. She's going to be talking about INR. I and R, and I thought it was I and the letter N, but it's and R. We have another special breaking news presentation by Hannah Shin, who's been with us before, telling us about the Star Institute. There's some great update of something that everybody will get a pre-invitation to attend. Um, we, I am taking a course on sound and other ways to communicate with people through improv. So improv used to scare me as a word, but today we're going to have a movement and improv when it comes to the point of introducing yourselves. And we're continuing with um, Black History Month. We have poems and uh, a call and response that we started last week. So we have a full program and I will begin with uh, having our two guests introduce themselves because they have they're doing double duty. Uh, Rosemary is there at the 411 Center <laughs> and uh, busy. So Hannah, introduce yourself and then um, we will have, uh, I'm sorry, Rosemary, introduce yourself, then Hannah, then we'll go along with our individual uh, introductions of the people who are joining in our podcast today. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. My name is Rosemary. Um, my role at 411 is to coordinate the information and referral services which as Charlotte pointed out, we call INR for short because it's just easier to say. Um, uh, I'm fairly new to 411. I was hired uh, back in mid-October and I have been uh, using this time to familiarize myself with all of the different ways that 411 serves seniors and uh, planning for the future because as you know that we are going to be moving to our new premises which will be purpose, which are purpose built and designed for the needs of 411 and the seniors who use the center. Um, so it's a very exciting time to be a part of 411, and I'm really happy to be here to tell you more about INR. Okay. Uh, Hannah will introduce herself and also give our land acknowledgement. Hi, I'm actually um, at treaty number one. I'm <laughs> in Winnipeg right now helping my parents uh, move as they retire. So I'm helping trans helping them transition into this new journey. So I'm coming to you from um, Winnipeg. Um, wow. 
I am in, um, even though I'm an SFU Star Institute employee, I'm also embedded as a researcher at 401 Senior Center. Um, as some of you may know, I've came on here before, um, but my role is to just document uh, the daily lives of community members, uh, 401 clients, program staff, and um, just document some of the daily activities that goes on. Um, doing part of research is to observe. And if there is any new <laughs> research opportunity, we seize that moment. Um, a good example was the vaccine um, card implementation. Um, yeah, I have another exciting, um, I guess it's not research, but it's it's kind of research-based. Um, uh, it's a it's an SFU conference, so I'll talk more about that um, later down the road. I am excited to be back. Thank you. Okay. Um, so I said today we're going to do a different way of introducing ourselves, and we have also been incorporating something called Move It, Move It, and as you said, as they've said, sitting is no smoking. With so many Zooms, webinars, doctor's appointments, we have to sit down. We're going to introduce ourselves with just a bit of a movement. So I will start, and without a lot of thought about it, I want you to make a movement that represents your first name. Charlotte. Uh, Neil? Uh, I, I got a, a question first. Is this one you want to do the sound thingy? Yes. Oh, okay. Because uh, uh, I've just taken up, I figured uh, I, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm in school with a project and, uh, and I've just taken up I want to learn to play the recorder. That was lesson one. <laughs> and your name? My name is Neil Ryan, and I'm the author of a book called From the Other Side, which is a book of poetries and short stories. And, and it's about love and life and... Uh, and uh, the treasure of the adventure called This Is My Life. Okay, Leslie. Doing the YMCA thing here. Oh, peace. <laughs> Leslie. <laughs> Leslie, all right. <laughs> uh, Rafula? Okay. Um... I'll just do something like this. I want the key to my happiness. Ah, beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Jeannie? <laughs> she drew a circle. <laughs> J. Or was it backwards? <laughs> It's both ways. <laughs> Joy and Jeannie. Uh, Gary? 
Gary might have stepped away for a moment. Uh, Dr. Ramona? So I'm Ramona, named after the song. Ramona, we hear the mission bell so far. It goes on like that. All right. <laughs> there's someone identified as, oh, there's Gary. You have a, a movement or a sound for your name? Yes, I think I do. Uh, here we go. Well, hopefully, hopefully you can hear that. Yes, I can. Hi. It sounds like water. Ah, okay. <laughs> there we go. I'm new to this meeting. I'm new to this. <laughs> so I'm not sure what I was doing here. Okay, go ahead. Okay, a, a ding to bring us alive. Uh, there's someone that is trying to connect with an iPad. Do you have your sound, if not your visual? Yes, I have it. Okay, who is it? Maria. Hi, Maria. Maria. Hi. Yeah, it took me a while to connect and because I had no audio, but now it's okay. Okay. And where are you connecting from? Home. I mean, <laughs> are you in, uh, <laughs> people are in different cities. Are you in Vancouver? Oh, yes, uh, no, Coquitlam. Coquitlam, well, welcome. Thank you. Okay, that brings us back around to our sort of our special presentation. So Rosemary is going to give us some of the 411 about the 411 Center. Thank you very much. Um, so I've been actually giving a lot of thought to what to say about 411 because there's a lot to say about 411. Um, and I know I only have a limited amount of time. So information and referral services have been a key feature of 411 since its inception in 1977. For information and referral, or INR, is so integral to 411's identity that the actual concept itself is embedded in the center's name. We are the 411 Senior Center. Um, as many of you know, uh, our center was originally located at 411 Dunsmuir Street in Vancouver. And as many of you also probably know, the directory information phone number at that time was 411. So the name 411 Senior Center became a, a very logical choice when uh, people were trying to decide what to call this new thing that they had invented back in 1977. Uh, one of the things that I love about 411 is that like this podcast, the center truly is powered by age. Our board of directors is composed entirely of seniors from various walks of life. Uh, membership in the organization is open to anyone aged 55 or older. Um, those uh, direct board, board of directors members lend their knowledge and expertise to the long-term visioning and planning as of, the, of the organization as well as the financial well-being of this organization. 
Uh, they also uh, reach out to other senior centers and build alliances with those centers. And we have a very active seniors advocacy, a seniors issues committee that is a subcommittee of the board and that uh, does a lot of work advocating uh, often at even the highest levels of government on behalf of seniors and the issues and concerns that seniors uh, bring to our center when they meet with INR volunteers. Um, all of our volunteers, including those who provide INR services are also seniors. So when you book an appointment to meet with an INR volunteer, uh, you know you're gonna be meeting with someone who is a peer, someone who knows and understands uh, the matters such as applying for a retirement pension or the seniors bus pass or a safer subsidy and uh, how they impact seniors and some of the difficulties that seniors can have trying to navigate those symptom, uh, systems, particularly if they are digital systems. Um, in many respects, it's the needs of the seniors who use our INR services that really drives the organization. Um, not only do we reach out to seniors and assist them with accessing the benefits and the supports that they're uh, seeking and are entitled to, but through the efforts of our INR volunteers, we note any recurring issues or trends that present themselves and we then um, we hold them up to the advocacy, the Seniors Issues Committee, so that they can uh, do advocacy and try to change the landscape and improve situations for seniors. Um, having a sympathetic and a trusted source that you can rely on for accurate and easy to digest information about benefits and supports, and which also provides referrals to other service providers is really a great comfort for seniors. Um, often they find themselves having to navigate bureaucracies which uh, they're unfamiliar with, or they're trying to resolve issues that present challenges that they've never faced before. Uh, some of the key issues that have come through the door here at 411 are uh, of applications for CPP, OAS, and GIS. That's a constant. Um, we also see a lot of people who need help uh, applying for subsidized housing or the safer subsidy. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of seniors now are struggling uh, to meet housing costs and uh, homelessness is actually a, a growing problem among the senior population because of the high cost of housing, not just in the lower mainland, but throughout Canada now. We, in the past year, we've been seeing a lot of people who were cut off of the uh, Guaranteed Income Supplement or GIS. Uh, they got cut off because they received the CERB uh, benefit and uh, this increased their 2020 income to the point where they became ineligible for GIS for the, this current benefit year. Uh, the problem with losing your GIS is not just that you uh, have your income reduced by a significant amount, but you also lose access to other benefits that are provided to seniors on low income, such as the seniors bus pass, because eligibility for these benefits is tied to your eligibility for the GIS. And I can assure you that the um, Seniors Issues Committee has been working very hard now for uh, nigh on a year to, uh, to uh, advocate to government to make changes to the GIS system that would not penalize seniors for uh, seeking a benefit that they were actually eligible for. Um, 
we at 411 have struggled to continue to provide information and referral services in spite of the fact that we are also living with COVID. Um, and we really have the resilience of our staff and uh, a core group of volunteers who've been able to stay with us through this pandemic uh, for the fact that we can continue to provide these services. Um, just to say a word about our volunteers, they, like all the other members of 411, they come from all walks of life. Uh, what inspires them to donate some of their time to us is, uh, first of all, of course, uh, a joy in helping others. Some of us, like myself included, we, we really get a, a kick out of being able to help someone uh, out of a difficult situation or to resolve a problem so that they can go on with their lives and enjoy them themselves. Um, so that is definitely a key feature of any 411 volunteer. Uh, a lot of our information and referral volunteers come to us from uh, backgrounds where they have this uh, expertise already. People who might have, for example, worked at Service Canada uh, will come and volunteer for us. And that is a great benefit because we, we get to um, take advantage of their, their expertise and their knowledge of the systems that we're all trying to navigate. Um, a lot of people also come to volunteer at 411 because of the social contact opportunities, um, the engagement with clients and other members at the center. Um, I was, there was one other reason that I had in my head about why people, and I think it's just also to stay on top of what's going on in, in the world for seniors. If you're volunteering in information and referral, you're going yes. to be up to date on all of the issues that impact seniors and fully informed. And uh, it's, it's just a really good way to keep an oar in and to stay engaged in society. Is there anything else you would like to know about information and referral? I think that the point that you made about the backgrounds that people have, one of the purposes for our podcast was to show the re reservoir of knowledge that seniors have and the willingness to share it with each other. So I think that pointing out how things get rolled up, not just from handing out information, but taking it to the board and then the board having the senior issues committee uh, advocate for things. Uh, does anyone else have any question or any example of how uh, an issue has gotten carried from being a concern to going to the senior issues committee and something? We I have a question for Rosemary. Uh, you you skipped through that information about why people are losing their their oh, okay uh, their um, supplement income supplement. You skipped through that. Why are they losing their eligibility? Well, uh, as you you might be aware, there are some seniors who, uh, in spite of receiving CPP, OAS, and GIS. Um, they're still having difficulty making ends meet. So it's not unusual, especially for younger seniors, to pick up some work, maybe part-time, uh, maybe on, do some on-call work or run a small business out of their home. So when COVID hit um, and the government offered the, the CERB benefit to people who had lost employment income because of CERB, which many seniors like other workers did, um, they applied for the benefit because they 
they've qualified for it. In some instances, they didn't apply themselves, but a, a caregiver or a financial advisor who was managing their affairs for them went and applied for it. So they were getting the served benefit. These extra checks were coming in. And no one until July 2021 was aware of the fact that the SERB benefit was not exempt from uh, the benefit calculation for GIS eligibility. Um, so certain so people who applied for SERB when they filed their income taxes, oh, okay. that that money, the CERB money was included as their income and it put them over the limit for GIS. And it was a big shock to everybody. I, I frankly, I don't think the federal government was expecting seniors to apply for CERB. And so they had no provisions for how to deal with this. And it's been a real struggle for many seniors who've come to the center. Um, there have been some allowances made. Uh, if you received CERB through the Employment Insurance Program, there are some steps that you may be able to take to reinstate your GIS. And our INR volunteers are aware of those steps. However, if you got your CERB through the Canada Revenue Agency, there's no such provisions in place. So we actually have seniors right now in Canada who are trying to survive just on CPP and OAS until July because when they file their taxes for 2021, their income will go back down and then they will be again be eligible for GIS. But those seniors lost their bus passes and any other benefits for seniors that were tied to uh, GIS eligibility. So it's been well, a, a the, real struggle. The $4.85 I made uh, from Amazon on my book, that's not going to change my... my <laughs> Fortunately not. <laughs> you you are I, I had to actually look into this recently and you are allowed to earn thirty five hundred dollars a year without it impacting your eligibility for GIS. And if you earn anything above thirty five hundred dollars a year, anything beyond that figure, uh, they deduct uh, 50 cents for every dollar that you make from your GIS and recalculate your eligibility based on that. Well, I'm not joking. I got a check from from Amazon for four dollars and eighty five cents. So, technically, you do have to report that on your income. Tax. Yes, yes, yes. Of course, <laughs> I will. <laughs> but it won't. It won't impact your GIS. Thank you. Thank You're you. welcome. I think Gary has his hand up. Um, hi, Rosemary. I I've heard two different stories, and I would like to see where. I've heard two different stories about collecting GIS that any income that a senior earns is will will uh, will it affect the uh, the GIS any income. So, and I actually that was something I got from 411 early on. So mm -hmm. I was told that, um, and through through a phone call before I was yeah so so now what you're saying is that there i've also heard this story too that there is an amount that is you're eligible to earn if you're collecting gis and mm -hmm. and you're saying it's thirty five hundred dollars so that, I, I got that from the service canada website oh, okay. uh, that's where what i did was i actually googled the question how much are you allowed to earn on gis All right. 
I have and, a friend. Yeah, yeah, I know a friend that went to work part time, and he got his GIS everything cut back to to quite quite considerably. And I guess he made over thirty five hundred dollars. But mm-hmm. yeah, so that's a that's a gray area. I want to. I'd like to learn more about that and see the facts on that. I I wouldn't want to be someone who experiments with uh, an income, a small amount, and then finding a drastic effect on, on my GIS. And, and, and you know, that, that's the thing about these government information services. They can be quite vague, quite vague, and there's always something else that's a condition of this and a condition of that. Mm-hmm. And you can walk into a trap, just as many seniors have, with, with having collected serve and now finding themselves and that's a hardship i think what the government could have done was uh i i I had i collected serve for a period of time in 2020 and when you went to the website to apply it had information about eligibility check these questions if you're eligible uh warnings that if you applied for it and it was discovered afterwards that you were not eligible that you would have to pay the money back Right, right. But if there had been something on that website that alerted seniors to the fact that it could interfere with their GIS, they may not have applied. But I really think it goes back to the fact that the federal government really didn't expect seniors yeah, to apply. It wasn't to serve. disclosed. It was not, there was, not, and, it, and it's not just with seniors. There were, there's a number of cases, even unemployed people and, med, and people on medical disability. Uh, there was not full disclosure from the federal government around a lot of these programs, and and it came out quite a bit afterwards that that people were going to get um, clawbacks and, and so on. Mm-hmm. Uh, they realized that, of course. Yeah. But I don't think they were anticipating that seniors no. and the GIS would be impacted because I, I, I really agree. don't think they plan for any seniors to apply for the benefit. They just assume seniors don't work. Right. I looked at it. I didn't qualify, but um, I, 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 I just, I'm skeptical <laughs> with government programs. I have to be, yeah. Well, the laws that govern these programs, um, I'm trying to remember what the area of law is called. Administrative law is the area of law that deals with policies and any kind of legislation like social benefits and stuff like that. It's the law the laws that govern the administration of programs and benefits is actually quite a complicated area of law. It's like any other area of law, it's influenced by court decisions, right? Case law, for example, can influence that. And so uh, I think that in many instances, the, the, the additional information, the exceptions and all that, that have been created over time, either as a result of court cases or rethinks by the government about how to deliver the service, um, just haven't, sometimes they can be so complex that it's difficult to communicate them. And so I I think probably what would be helpful would be some kind of plain language guide to these things, because a lot of seniors, and I saw this too with people when I was working as a welfare advocate and working with people on income assistance, they were honestly, on the system, they were declaring and and doing all the things they had to do to meet their eligibility, but they were doing so without the knowledge of certain rules. And so they would sometimes find themselves in a position where the Ministry of Social Development would think that they were cheating or something because 
they had declared some benefit that they were receiving in a, in a particular way that turned it into income, but they didn't realize that. And so the, this stuff is really tricky. And uh, that's one of the reasons why information and referral is, is around so that we can help you navigate it. And um, maybe one of the things we need to be looking at going forward is some workshops for members, you know, like uh, we get training in the INR department, but maybe we could also be spearheading training for the general public and, and the, the membership of 411 so that they can be better informed about some of these issues. That might that be is one of the, available for that. Yeah, that's, that's one of the functions that we've been able to do at the podcast. Sometimes we've had a whole hour where someone presented a workshop. So oh, wow. Uh, one of the, we get people emailing or, or calling me for suggestions for upcoming programs. And one of them is on how seniors make money. And then about uh, seniors who have a small business who make work for other uh, seniors and how does that get reported? Or what's the best practice for people so that people don't get dinged? Uh, knowing the difference between honorarium, I, I, it's generally expected that if you get paid by as, through an honorarium rather than a salary, you don't mm -hmm. get dinged. But it would be good to have someone be able to clarify that during our you know presentation or seminar. My, my, just on the honorarium thing, I recently learned that you don't have to declare honorariums on your income tax unless the total amount of your honorariums exceeds $500. So exceeds that 500? If, if you get, if your total amount of honorariums that you've received over the years, uh, over the, the tax year from uh, volunteering at different agencies exceeds $500 for that tax year, then you have to declare the honorarium on your income taxes. But if the total amount of honorariums is less than $500, then you don't need to declare them. Okay. Well, next week we're going to be having Maggie, <laughs> who's going to come and give a forecast to the tax. Uh, 411 Center is one of the largest providers of the free income tax uh, service for uh, people that are, just have a basic uh, return. But mm -hmm. questions like that, if you know, you, you were thinking ahead, if there are questions that you want to send that we could ask her, uh, we could let her know and she could include that in a discussion. But also, we um, can meet and talk about who would be the good people to have on a webinar to cover some of the types of questions people have beyond GIS or beyond, you know, how do you get paid and how can seniors retain money and, and uh, <laughs> avoid being taxed for something that's supposed to help them survive in the second most unaffordable yeah. city in the world. Well, if you have, pardon me, if you have a collection of questions like that, that you're looking for answers for, you know where to find me. I will come back on the show and I will do my best to answer those questions as long as you provide them in advance so I can do my research. All right. Thank you so much. So because majority of people are listening, could you give the contact, how to, how to contact 411 Center and if you have it also how to contact the board? Uh, probably the best way. It, it depends on, of course, your method of contact. We have a telephone number and we answer our phones between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Uh, Monday to Friday. and so. That would be one way to reach us. We could take a phone message uh, for Marion and pass that on to her so that uh, she can be in touch with you. Another option is if you are an email user, we do have uh, a general email address for 411, which 
part of my job is to monitor that the incoming emails and direct them to the appropriate party. So, um, so can you that, slowly? <laughs> sorry, yes, I thought somebody, I will do slowly. Somebody's yeah. getting their pen. Give both the phone number and the email address. The, the phone number is 604-684-8171. Okay, and then the email? Is contact 411 at 411seniors.bc. .ca. And I believe there's also a link for that on the 411 website. You can, uh, under contact us, you can just click on contact us and it'll drop down for a little uh, box where you can write us an email without any bother. Thank you. Being able to do those things, another one of the reasons that the 411 Center advocated for uh, low cost Wi Fi, that being able to, mm-hmm. to follow up on information just like that is a reason why people need it. And so we made one presentation about the Tell Us for Good, and we'll be mm-hmm. talking more about things that that particular provider has done to make it uh, more possible for people to have the internet and be able to go on and just connect through their internet rather than having um, you know, to use the phone or go down to the center. So let's give a... <laughs> Round of applause for Rosemary. Thank you so much for taking time to talk You're with welcome. us. Uh, we look forward to it's next week. Maggie is going to be here, right? I believe so, but I, I have to confess I don't actually know. <laughs> yeah, she's giving us a preview to the, the uh, income tax, what you need to, to organize and have together when you come to, for your free income tax service. So now we will have Hannah take it away. Hi, everyone. Thank you again for having me here. It's always a pleasure to share things that I'm up to at 411 and at the Star Institute. So just to give you some background again, I'm the embedded researcher. Uh, My sole purpose at 401 is to connect with program staff, volunteers, and community members, and um, finding out how to engage research with the community members. So I'm kind of that liaison between academia and community-oriented practices. So I want to share a really great news. A Horizon Conference is hosted by SFU's Community Engaged Research Initiatives, and that promotes social transformation and knowledge translation that strengthens the relationship between academic scholars and community organizations. And it's to engage respectfully and ethically with community members which is what I do at Four on One and the Star Institute. And so they're hosting a conference. So the main purpose of this conference is to create a space for communities to gather for exploration, knowledge generation, and mobilization on community-engaged research during the most disruptive and transformative era of our times right now. Um, Forum One and Star Institute will be participating at the Horizon Conference to share our experience and knowledge on seniors overcoming digital divide and how Forum One and Star is using community-driven research to address the implications of seniors, um, sorry, implications of aging in a digital world. So what 
What's the goal? So the goal is to understand and respond to the current digital divide crisis through engagement from our community members and learning from their lived experiences. So it would be through a roundtable discussion. We aim to challenge ageist attitudes on seniors and digital technology inform academia and government agencies to include senior and senior-based agencies in decision-making processes that affect their daily lives of seniors. So it's kind of using this platform to have your voices heard uh, in regards to the digital divide. Uh, So we're actually looking to recruit participants to join us at the conference, which will be in person at SFU's downtown campus. So if you're interested and want more information on the Horizon Conference, please contact me, Hannah Shin. Um, My email address is Hannah, H-A-N-N-A-H underscore Shin, S-H-I-N at SFU.ca. I'll repeat that one more time. H-A-N-N-A-H underscore S-H-I-N at S-F-U.ca or contact 401 Senior Center. The number is 604-684-8171 and you could ask for Hannah. Yeah, that's, if you have any questions and concerns, please contact me. I, um, we have more detailed information um, document that we could provide to you if you're interested in participating. So I could provide more information. Anna, what's the date of the conference? It is from May 26th to the 29th. The date of conference where we are facilitating the discussion is to be determined, but the conference is from the 26th to 29th. So you just have to make yourself available for our discussion, round roundtable discussion period. But after we are done our roundtable discussion, you're more than welcome to explore other tables. Yeah, your conference fee is already paid by 401 so all you do all you need to do is just show up or contact me first (laughs) but um but the conference itself is um once you're in um you have you could explore different um conferences for all those days and so physically people would go up and people in the la i mean people in the vancouver area would know sfu is sent Simon Fraser University. That's the mm-hmm. same university where CJSF, the radio station that we often uh, air our podcast through. So Simon Fraser University is doing some great things. And can you tell us what STAR stands for again? Yeah, it uh, stands for Science and Technology for Aging Research Institute. Um, Yeah, the exact information about the conference, um, if you're interested, I could provide that. We have um, information sheet that we will provide to uh, interested uh, potential participants. I just didn't want to take up too much of your podcast time to share all of that detail. Um, But it is between May 26th to 29th. 
but we the because we're doing a roundtable discussion we are um hosting workshops at four on one or at, at, at SFU and they would the workshops would be uh, used towards a conference so we were uh, so we asked the participants to be available to attend all the wor- workshops that we'll, we will be putting on um, to prepare us for the conference um, for that information I could give you more information um, just please contact me through email or by phone. I have all that information. Thank you for bringing us that information. That connects yeah, again you. to one of the purposes for the, the podcast was to ship the AFC, Age-Friendly City, is to bring about a change in the perception people have of older people is apathetic. So you are giving an opportunity to bring the thunder, bring your opinions, take part in this conference. Yeah, it's a great opportunity, you know, to bridge that gap um, and challenge the ageist attitude that seniors don't like to engage in digital technology. That's not true. You're all here <laughs> engaging and Zooming and having doing activities on Zoom. And it's and then so I think it's a great way to uh, showcase that, you know, um, that older adults can learn new tricks can you know like we, you, you can participate or are willing to engage in uh the digital technology um and want to move forward not everyone is stagnant and we just want to challenge that and um and and have seniors see what the academias uh what academics are doing um so that research isn't siloed so we want to and I think it's the community engagement piece that's super important. And, and I think this is a great way to share all of our knowledge and um, share our stories together. So thank you. I just have a question. Um, so basically, this is not going to be a Zoom meeting, right? Correct. Um, it, this will be in person at SFU. Uh, downtown campus so it would be the SFU Woodward Woodward's campus which is located at 149 West Hastings Street Um, there is um, potential for virtual um, pending on our public health order Um, but the push right now is to attend in person um, and or we require the potential participants to attend all of the workshops in person and attend the conference in person as well. Yes, Jeannie. Are you going to be encouraging masks and, and safe distancing or anything like that? Yes. So for the workshops, we'll be following the mandated protocol uh, that Bonnie Henry and BC CDC has put out and also following the foreign ones safety protocol as well. So everyone in an indoor space has to wear a mask. Um, Any of drinking and eating will be in the kitchen facility, I believe. Um, So we will be following all the health uh, safety protocols 
mandated by um, the health authority, also following four-on-one safety protocol as well. Okay, thank you very much, Hannah. We'll look forward to attending. Maybe probably everyone here will be interested and everyone can tell a friend because that's a very important opportunity. Yeah, if you could share that and spread the news with your friends, your neighbors, that would be wonderful. But thank you for having me here. I have to sign off because I have to actually help my parents pack up last minute things and wrap up some of their business matters. So thank you so much for having me, Charlotte. Anna, one quick question. Is Is there a charge? Is there a fee to go to the conference? Yes, so there is an admissions fee, but it will be paid by four-on-one. So um, so it's free to you. There is a fee, but we, we will be taking care of all the, all, the, um, all the fees. Well, okay, thank you. Happy New Year, by the way. Yeah, thank you so much. Have a wonderful week and weekend. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, so now we have another transition into, we have three poems we're sharing for Black History Month. Last week I introduced call and response, and call and response is where the audience has something that you say and then the poet has a line. So this one that you say is, how can you run with the horses when running with the horsemen tires you out? Okay, let's see if we can say that. How can you run with the horses? horses. When running with the horsemen tires you out. out. So I'll raise my hand when it's time to say that, okay? How can you run with the horses horses. when running with the horsemen tires you out? out? Can you run with life's challenges and not grow faint? Can you stand your ground like a budding saint? How can you run with the horses when running with the horsemen tires you out? Sometimes you have to stand and hold your ground, take pain and suffering without a frown. Come to know that no matter how hard the test, in the end, God will help you score your best. How? How can you run run with the horses horses when running running with the the horsemen tires you out? out? Are you dreaming dreams like prophets of old? Are you dreaming dreams like Dr. King, forging ahead with mighty clout? Have you enlarged your tent or just patched the holes? Are you standing like Joshua, learning to be courageous and bold? How? How can you run 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 with the horses Sometimes friends and followers abandon you. Get tired or scared when your vision loses its glow. But when you, from your center, let creativity flow, all that's scattered will reconvene when your dreams succeed. Your testimony will confirm that you are blessed beyond sheer need. How? How can you run 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 with the horses when running running with the horses Can you see God's power is spreading all around? That you can wait working on your dreams? He'll see you trying and help to build your dreams. How? How can Can you you run run with the horses when running running with the horsemen ties you out? Did you know that eagles soar miles above hawks? They leave ducks in the pond and chickens in their roosts. 
relentless mothers staying with their young till they learn to fly. They never allow them to cling to their nest and cry. How? How? How can, how can, you, how can you run with the horses, horses when running with the horses? Yes, you can now run with the horsemen and test the horses. Yes, you can now outrun the horsemen and test the horses. It's your time now to outrun the horsemen and test the horses. It's our time now to outrun the horsemen and test the horses. Nice. <laughs> Leslie, the Neil. I'm going to continue the reading that I started last week for Black History Month. Um, these are poems from 49th Parallel Psalm, uh, written by Wade Compton, who uh, is a graduate of SFU. Um, and it's about the early Black history of BC. Um, as I mentioned last week, uh, James Douglas, the first governor of BC, was actually mixed race. His mother was from Guyana and his father was a Scottish employee of the Hudson Bay Company. And before he was the, pre, uh, the, the uh, governor of BC, he was the chief factor of the Hudson's Bay Company in British Columbia. So I actually have two points here. One's very short, but it's a contrasting vision. So um, the chief factor invited black people up to BC during the Thompson River gold rush as a way of preventing the uh, territory of BC from being overrun by American, white American miners, actually. So number one, the chief factor. If the majority, this is a letter from James Douglas to the colonial office in London in 1858. If the majority of immigrants be American, there will always be a hankering in their minds after annexation to the United States. They will never cordially submit to English rule nor possess the loyal feelings of British subjects. The floating population of this colony have, with very few exceptions, wandered off to the newly discovered gold diggings of Thompson River, and there will therefore be great difficulty, unless the miners prove a failure, in engaging local white labor. Of the HBC, a funnel to our poor, blood to the gears of here, and labor and ore, blood of love or money, queen and country, subjectivity. The chief factor drafts a letter. His signature sings a lateral quatrain. Lo, there's land north, British, and literally setting foot on its soil equals citizenship, freedom, safe quarter, exchanged for soil. In response, a statement composed by members of San Francisco's black community at Zion Church in 1858. The Commodore, whereas we are fully convinced that the continued aim of the spirit and policy of our mother country is to oppress, degrade and outrageous we have therefore determined to seek asylum in the land of strangers from the oppression, prejudice, and relentless persecution that have pursued us for more than two centuries in this, our mother country. Therefore, a delegation having been sent to Vancouver's island, a place which has unfolded to us in our darkest hour, the prospect of a bright future. 
to this place of British possession, the delegation having ascertained and reported the condition, character, and its social and political privileges and its living resources. From Pacific and Folsom Wharf in SF, 35 left, full of fathoming on the run, the San Francisco Victoria run, in the hold, afloat, and hovering over the hull and ahoy, in limbo, baleful, on deck under the bright moon, ahoy, over aboard, the ribs creaking avast, under cover of darkness. The steamer, Commodore, carries 35 black arrivants aimed at the colony of Vancouver's Island. And I, over the railing, deliver my interior to the sea, my inward debt, my survivor's agony of dreams. My soul spins, I step on deck, but my feet miss the rhythm. I steal to the hold, my room full of mirrors, my huddled brothers, our pioneer committee, vomiting from the depths of our ancestry. No one sleeps. The steamer, the Commodore, under the thin thunder of April timber. I wonder where will this endeavor let us land? I wonder how our blues will rhyme with Vancouver. I wonder what we'll have to sow to sigh some sovereignty. I count our meager numbers on fingers, on fringes, on prostheses of clay. Two by two, 40 maize and 40 mites, counting leagues as the dreams roll by, white caps fathoming our sieg tied beside white men, Americans, gold rushes, feverish for the coast. Counting leagues, I lean against the rail for a sign. I see the rise of an island, Vancouver's island, our colony, four of the bow. Well, that gives me goosebumps. <laughs> Thank you. Good one. And it, that's so unheard. In fact, last year, uh, someone from Vancouver talked about the people, but not that experience. That poem really gives the experiential feeling of, you know, traveling on that steamer. Yeah, and they came with such hope, uh, but unfortunately that hope was dashed. Uh, I can read next week, I can read a subsequent section that shows what happened to the colony once they arrived. Yes, thank you. Mm. Um, Neil? Um, I don't have anything to say about Black History Month, uh, but I have a poem called Never Give Up. W would that work for you? Yeah, I think that's very related to the, you know, one of the points of, of Black Heritage Month of not giving up, the struggle continues, yes. Well, never give up. Life is but a dream. No matter how rough the road, no matter how stormy the sea, no matter how dark the day, you are not the experience. The love of the universe is always there. Never say die, never give up. You are not this body. This body, this body is your beliefs. Dream a different dream. Dream a constant healthy body. Meditate on peace. And sit 
quiet in stillness. You are your dreams. Dream health. Never say die. Never give up. If life brings you a struggle, then struggle. Live the adventure of that struggle, but don't be attached to the outcome. Nothing is ever good or bad. All is just what you make it. All is your dream. And love and compassion heals all. Never say die. Never give up. The lesson each day is to learn to love, which always begins with learning to love the self. Have compassion and unconditional love for self. That's the beginning of wisdom, and rooted in this wisdom, our hearts are open, open to heal, to compassion for all, and no longer to be separate and apart from all that is. Never say die, and never give up. End of poem. Thank you. Very appropriate. Lovely. I have a short, two short quotes that, that connect with that, that poem. One is by Booker T. Washington, who was a writer, orator, leader, um, in an address that he wrote to Abraham Lincoln. Freedom in the broadest and highest sense has never been a bequest. It has been a conquest. And then from Dr. Martin Luther King, from his book, The Speech in My Own Words. We must accept finite disappointment, but never lose infinite hope. Never give up. Amen. Never give up, you all. <laughs> we are um, on this journey together. Thank you so much for being here and present today for Powered by Age. Look forward to seeing you again, hearing you on the phone or getting your text or uh, email. And... Uh, Encourage someone else. This people have said how much it has helped with loneliness. It's how much it's helped give people something positive to look forward to. All as as with our breaking news, we have things that are exciting, encouraging, and give you an opportunity to look at advocacy things like that policy around how much money is you the limit on what you can deduct um, and not have it taken out of your GIS. So thank you for everything that you bring, all the ways that you share, and we will see you again next week. 